Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to Legally Sound Smart Business. You're listening to Nasser Pasha. This is Matt Stahl. That's correct. <laughs> and welcome to the business podcast where we cover business in the news and I'll also answer some of your business legal questions that you, the listener, can send in to ask at LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com and also ask us on Twitter, AskBizLaw. And that's our Twitter handle. And you can also follow us and we may respond, but we probably won't. <laughs> At least we're honest. <laughs> no, we will respond. I'm just joking. I might not. I don't think I even have control of it. Someone will respond out there. I, I'm not even in control of it either. It's just some random guy. <laughs> just hoping that we convinced him to put the logo from the podcast up. <laughs> exactly. It could be a fan, I guess. Maybe that's what it Super is. Super fan. Yeah. So if you really want to tweet at us, go to the real Ask Bizlaw on Twitter. <laughs> verified account yeah i think that's kind of gone by the wayside that was pretty big at the beginning because so many people were jumping on celebrity and athlete names but i think at this point it's all kind of been sorted out interestingly enough yeah you're right and now it seems like it's it used to take a while to get a verified account but apparently now it's pretty streamlined and so forth the only one i can still think of is Shaq, but i don't think he's even the real Shaq anymore i think it's just Shaq that i don't know of well, we'll get into the story because I know everyone wants to listen to people talk about tax issues. That's my favorite. I don't want to deprive them of that. Well, there's no such thing as a free lunch. I had to say that. Oh, man. Were you going to say that? That's pretty or? good. I was going to say it's two topics I like talking about, lunch and tax. So <laughs> it's a good story for me. Wait, wait. You, you like talking about lunch? Who talks about lunch? <laughs> Not dinner, but lunch? Oh, I mean, any meal, really. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think you like food. I think that's the thing that's called yeah, food. Yeah, I would say that's accurate. Free meals are always good too. So that's that's what we're getting into here. Google, I think, was the company that was really been known for this. I didn't realize that other companies too. I guess a lot of them and some of the bigger ones in Silicon Valley do this, but they offer free meals to their employees. If you've seen the movie The Internship with Owen Wilson yeah. and Vince Vaughn, they talk about it in there and Vince Vaughn kind of abuses the system. But that's not the issue here. It's that the IRS is looking at these saying, you know what? I think we can actually tax this somehow. And so we're going to look into possibly saying these meals are actually income of the employees and we're going to start taxing it as income. So obviously, that'd be bad for the employees. But on the employer side, guess what? That means you have to pay half of that for payroll taxes. Yeah. Basically, this boils down to this. And there's rules in place. And to summarize it is employers are allowed to provide free meals for their employees, but it has to be for the convenience of the employer. So I think a very easy example would be if you had a business and there wasn't any places to eat close to the business and you provided a free lunch for your employees, you know, you'd be fine with that. That's that's a convenience of the employer because the employees would have to leave for a long period of time. Another classic example is bank tellers. If you need someone to be at the front, you can provide some of that sort of thing. But what about all these people that are working at Google, Facebook, Twitter, etc.? Is this for the convenience of the employer? That's that's kind of what the IRS is looking into. And right now they haven't taken any action. They've just put it on a list of items to look into, which I think is at like 300 different items. So who knows whether this actually will ever get looked at. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it is kind of annoying though, right? I mean, why make it so complicated? You know, hey, look, I just want to provide meals to my employees. That's it. Just make nice and simple. I mean, they've already pretty much well established that 
free coffee, soda, and snacks, which is always a great benefit of working in an office, I think. I think something that employers should all provide, nice little benefit. That's considered not taxable. That's pretty well established. But then where's the line stop? You know, I guess if you're buying them lavish dinners or lunches and things like that in lieu of payments. And I think in a way they're trying to say, okay, well, if you're basically providing these lunches in lieu of increasing their wage that would otherwise be taxable, then that should be taxed. And that's our argument. But again, it's like, out of all things, I think there's so many other ways that IRS can work on their collections than finding more ways to tax these small things. I mean, every year they have quite a bit of problems just collecting the taxes that are owed in the first place. And I will say one thing, I don't like to advocate, I don't like to be pro-IRS, but I think another thing they're looking at is these employers are allowed to deduct the full cost of the meals. That's true. Typically, if you have a business lunch or a business meal, it's only 50% of what you can deduct. But in these cases, they're able to deduct full cost. That's just less net income that's available and thus less tax money. But I mean, you're right. Why should the IRS even get involved in this? In the age where 90% of the stories we talk about are employers doing bad things for their employees, like the one time that someone's actually doing something nice, the IRS like, ah, we're actually going to crack down on this because we don't want employees to be happy about anything. At the same time, these guys are being fed well. I mean, I'm looking at a picture from Google being served a tri-tip, or you have a choice of a tri-tip, white bass, or shallot seared chicken breast. Quite a choice selection. It looks like almost like a Las Vegas buffet. Yeah, well, you hear the stories about people when they start working for Google gain like 15 pounds the first month or something, right? something crazy. Well, because if it's just unlimited food that's available all the time, like... You're bound and to especially just, if they're sitting down coding all day or something like that. Yeah. They're a bunch of programmers if that's the case. you know. Yeah, I don't know. I'd probably get fired if I worked there just because I would just sit in the cafeteria all day and never get up and leave. <laughs> At some point, you have to do your job. Oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> would be pretty cool, though. Except, Matt, you don't eat dessert, so that's one aspect of it. That's fine. More entree. I don't need dessert. I'm actually getting hungry. I think... Can we just stop the episode and get something to eat? <laughs> Take a break. Well, we're going to eat for during the question of the day here. Okay. Yeah, let's talk about pizza. Question of the day. There's a lot of restaurants that probably run into this issue. I am a franchisor. Can I be held responsible for labor law violations of my franchisees if I don't know about the violations they're making? Or committing. Okay. Yeah, a good, very good topical question, actually. Pretty interesting because there was actually a case, and I assume that's where the question came from because they probably heard about this case, but there was uh, Domino's Pizza. California Supreme Court ruled on this issue because I believe a Domino's hired an employee and there was some kind of sexual harassment of the employee by obviously a manager of some sort by the franchisee. And, you know, keep in mind, the employment relation is usually directly with the franchisee, not the franchisor. And so the court was looking to see what kind of control the franchisor has over the franchisee, which typically, and I'm going to go on a tangent here, but I think it's important to talk about a lot of times when you're growing your business and you're starting to scale and you want to start replicating it in different locations, the question of whether you want to go through the franchising process or not is always a difficult one because when you go through that, it requires quite a bit of regulatory filing with both uh, on a state and possibly a federal level. And so accordingly, 
a lot of times people say, like, well, why don't I just license out my brand and logo and so forth and do it that way? And that's definitely a possibility. But when it comes to licensing, you have to make sure that you maintain very limited control over that licensee, whereas a franchisor can maintain quite a bit of control. Yeah. And so that's why in the Supreme Court, they actually did that analysis. Yeah. And this, you keep mentioning control. It's not necessarily the same sort of analysis as a independent contractor relationship yeah. with that sort of control. Because you're exactly right. If it's a franchise, obviously they're going to have to follow some pretty prescribed standards here. And I think even in this case, they said that the fact that the franchisor followed certain standards that were essential to the nature of the franchise does not mean that they're automatically liable for the conduct of the franchisee. Now, I mean, in this case, there were some facts that you know might have tipped it a little bit to possibly make the franchisor liable. There was an allegation that the Domino's rep told the franchisee to fire the alleged... It's a sexual harassment case, by the way. Fire the alleged harasser, and the franchisee felt it had to do so or be terminated. So that's obviously not following these standards that are essential to the nature of the franchise, but it's a consideration. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, they just did a analysis of who the employer is, going through the traditional employer principle analysis instead of really expanding this right of control as a factor, it kind of reminds me of having a management company helping make the decisions or making maybe making the day-to-day decisions, but ultimately on behalf of the employer. And so in this case, I could definitely see a court going the other way as well, but this is how it came down. You know, speaking of Domino's, we've talked about pizza many times in this podcast, but I don't think you've ever told me what is your favorite franchise pizza place? Uh, uh, I don't know. If you I'm, know, with, with the big ones, we're talking about Domino's, Papa John's, uh, Pizza Hut, even I guess, uh, what's Little, what's a uh, Pizza Pizza one? I oh, the name. Little Caesars. Little Caesars, yeah. Well, I really don't frequent those too often because I, I prefer the independent pizzerias having come from one myself. But... Disclaimer, I haven't had the Domino's pizza since they apparently redid everything. It actually looks a lot better than it used to, so it could be good. But I, I don't mind Papa John's. I, I kind of like it. But there's so many independent pizza places these days that I'd probably never go there. I'd probably never eat it unless it was I went to something and it was just there. Then I would eat it, of course. But there's just too many good options to pass up nowadays. So basically, your favorite pizza place ever is Papa John's. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you for joining us, and uh, that is our show. I will say that I did hate when they have vote on the best pizza place for this city, and like Pizza Hut's number three or something ridiculous. But in San Diego, no, no, I mean, like there'll be like top pizza places. I used to like look at the rankings for each city just to see, but there'd be stuff like that. Okay. I do like the buffets though, like so Pizza Buffet Salad. CC's Pizza Buffet, which I don't know if they even have in California, is pretty good, super cheap. Okay, well, how about this? For our San Diego listeners and those that are visiting San Diego, our nation's finest city, what's the uh, top pizza place in San Diego? Name it. My favorite pizza is at a place called Manello in Little Italy. It's the best I've had. Wow, nice. But there's a lot of good spots. I'm so sorry, Bronx Pizza. Bronx Pizza is good. You and I went there. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's classic. All right. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Yeah. Keep it sound. Keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. 
Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.